Can you tell me why you think creativity is important? Whether you know or not, you will want to pay close attention to today's creative interview. Welcome to Blair Radio, where every brand can be heard. Now, the voice behind the mic, James Shannon. Welcome to episode 29 of Blair Radio. I am your host, James Shannon. Today, we are talking about the fear of public speaking, amongst a lot of other things with a special guest that was once terrified of speaking in the public. But today, he's a speaker. He is going to speak about creativity, what it is, and how he knows that every single one of you listening right now is a creative person. He is a champion of creativity, an ambassador of wellness, and a pursuer of excellence. He's here to discuss that and his book, Blow the Lid Off. All right, everybody. Today, we have a transformational speaker, mentor, and ACCA qualified accountant. He is dedicated to helping people who feel stuck in their life journey to break away from the norm and find new paths that reveal the true value. Today's guest is a winner of the 2019 Advocate of the Year Award by the ACCA for his work assisting other accountants embrace their creativity and reach new growth potentials, both personally and professionally. Today's guest is speaker and author of Blow the Lid Off, Robert A. Bell. How are you, Robert? I'm great. I'm excited to be here. I'm just happy to get this going. I'm glad that you're here. I know you're over in Kenya. How's everything over there with the coronavirus? Uh, pretty good, actually. Managing it very good as best as, as we can. Reacting quite well. Putting measures in place. So there's a lot of optimism. Hoping the best for everybody. Before we get into talking about creativity and everything that you do, I want to know a little more about you. What did you want to be when you were growing up? I wanted to be an inventor. I didn't really have a defined profession. I just wanted to create things. I wanted to invent, but let me not use the word create because I didn't know the word create when I was young. I just wanted to try new stuff, push the envelope, just experiment. No one should call me a nerd or call me a nerd, man. I'll get up in your face. (laughs) No, but I was that kid who was very excited. I grew up in the early eighties and I used to open the encyclopedia and actually try every single experiment. That that was fun for me. That that was my highlight, just trying the experiments, you know. Yeah, those those of you who didn't grow up in those age, yeah, it was a fun time. No internet, no social media. It was good. So I just wanted to invent of try new, you know, inventions. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I remember a long time ago we had a an assignment at school and my grandmother had bought me an encyclopedia and it was the most exciting thing ever, but <laughs> They don't exist anymore. At least I don't see them. So your first job ended up being a, a sales job, right? Yeah, that's right. And uh, how do you go from there to doing what you're doing now? It was it was actually very good that I had that. I mean, you, you know, you finish your studies, you're trying to get a job. You know, job market started getting tough, and sales is perhaps one of the easiest jobs you can get. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the rate of turnover in sales. I mean, someone will hire you to sell anything. I mean, they just need someone to sell their product and. I took the challenge. Luckily, it was sales in computers. And this was early 2000s, actually 2000, 2001, probably thereabouts. So it was difficult. Selling computers in 2001 
it was extremely, I mean, imagine telling someone you have a hard drive of this capacity, process of this speed. People look at you like you're speaking Greek, <laughs> you know? Right. So I took the challenge. It was tough. It was, I mean, it was so tough. If you sold one desktop in a month, the office will throw at you. I mean, that's the landscape we were in back in 2001. And that really grew me because I studied accounting and it got me, I'm, I'm an, if you want to call me, introverted i'm definitely introverted and so getting out speaking with people trying to close the sale close the deal having to interact with people um excuse me hey would you like to buy a computer especially when it's something that's not so common really pushed me out of my comfort zone it it forced me to just evolve into someone different and mm. i was pretty good at it i was pretty good at it and you know, just led to one thing and to another and you know just kept trying different assignments, trying to push the envelope and got me to where I am now, you know, being a transformational strategist. So I can look at a business, I can look at a person and, and help you move from one place to a place where you've, you, you haven't been before. Awesome. And now you help people break away from the norm. What is the norm and how do you help break away from it? The norm is where you feel comfortable. It's a place where you're not being challenged. You're not, you're not pushing the envelope as it was. You're not doing... Look, this is what I say. If you're not doing ski things, you're not growing. Right. And so I want to help people get out of the norm. You have to push, you better do things that scare you, like literally scare you. Man, James, if I can tell you, I used to be fearful of public speaking. I mean, who who isn't? Uh, Google tells us, I think it's still the number three, or, you know, the, one of the top three things people fear the most in life is public speaking. And I was that guy who would shake, who would break out in cold sweat. You would have to physically carry me back to my seat. I tell the story and people just don't believe it. And it's like, what? But you're a speaker now. You own the stage. I was like, yeah, but it had to start somewhere. So I had to break out the norm. And you see, the norm is just a place where people are expecting us to be. That's what I call the norm. So people expect you to go to university. People expect you to go to college. People expect you to get a job. You know, No one expects you to do something fantastic. No one expects you to do something wonderful. So immediately you start doing that, you're breaking out of the norm. You're breaking out of what people think, what people are limiting you to, and what you yourself are limiting yourself to. I mean, who expects LeBron to be LeBron? Only LeBron. And then his coach later on. You know, he had to put out of the norm. Who expected Jordan to, move, to be who he is? Only right. he could. So that's what I mean about breaking out of the norm. It makes perfect sense. I actually tell my kids something like that all the time. You know, everybody can do what's normal but who can do something that's extraordinary. I love that. I want to get into creativity. What do you think about when you hear the word creative? Let me just segue even back from the last question into, into, that, into this question. Sure. Uh, you see, the norm for me is, the norm is a domain where you don't get to reveal your true uniqueness. And we're not talking about everyone needs to be a Michael Jordan. And I don't want, I don't want the listener to come away from this thinking you have to turn world-class you know, sort of performance. I'm not saying that necessarily. What I'm saying is that you need to come to a place where you bring out your uniqueness. Because you see, with the norm, you can copy everyone else and get by. You know, everyone does this, so you can do it and get by. Mm -hmm. So when I hear about being creative, that's what I think about. I think about doing something unique. I mean, th th that's the definition of creativity. You know, they talk about something that's novel and something that's useful. It's about bringing your uniqueness into the world. So when I think about being creative, the number one thing that I think about is what's inside of us, what's inside of you, what you have to bring out into the world, because we all got something that we can bring to the world. Do you think everybody's born creative? No, I don't think so. I know so. 
Oh, you know so. Oh, how so? I know so. Yeah. <laughs> the science tells us that, you know, neurologists um, and neuroscientists tell us that being creative is, in essence, just problem solving at a different level. It's a normal function of the human brain. Being creative, coming up with ideas is a normal function of the human brain. It's one of the things that set us apart from every other species, everything else in this planet, everything else in this universe that we know <laughs> right now. And more and more as we get more discoveries about creativity, everything that's created around us, everything that's made around us was made for us to be creative. So scientists, get this, scientists are telling us that the most optimal noise level, background noise level for anyone to be creative is 70 decibels, right? But it's not just 70 decibels of any kind of noise. It has to be ambient noise. It has to be noise that you find maybe chatter in a coffee shop, etc. But they say the most optimal one is when you're out in nature, when you hear birds chipping, when you hear water rushing from the river or the lake or something, you know, the trees blowing by. That, that's the best environment you can be to be creative. And so we were designed, we were created. The human, the human being was just made creative because the environment and everything is made for us to be creative, you know. Mm. All right, so, but I know you also said that as an adult society, they teach us to put our creativity to the side. Well, can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah, you know, creativity is not something that we learn. It's something that we unlearn. So it goes back to the other correction. It, you don't, you don't, creativity is not something we have to learn to be because it's just a natural part of who we are. Our brains function that way. Let me even get a bit more nerdy <laughs> can for you. Our sleep cycles. The fourth stage of our sleep cycle is called the REM sleep, R-E-M, rapid eye movement. Right. And at that stage is when your brain is processing all the stimuli, everything that's that you've, the input, if I can call it, that you've had throughout the day, matching it with the knowledge that you have and now comes up with ideas. That's what we call the dream state. So scientists tell us that at that dream state is when mm, ideas flew. You know, have you ever seen someone sleep and their eyes are just moving rapidly? Mm -hmm. you know, that's the rapid eye, eye movement stage of sleep. Right? When we get into that, that's when our brains are kicking at optimum level. Right, So it, it's helping us now to be creative. So it just goes back to, you know, I'm just linking both, both questions. And that's how we are designed to be creative. It's just a natural process of our brains. If I remember right, I'm trying to go back to school. REM, it doesn't occur until like a couple of hours into your, into your uh, sleep, right? It's the, you said the fourth cycle? Yeah. So, so you know, society then teaches us, because you see... The, the, this is my position, right? Society um, and the way our lives are set up, it, it doesn't have time to take to try and figure out what's unique about everyone. I mean, imagine a teacher in a classroom. I mean, how are you going to find time to bring out the uniqueness of every single child? It's it's also a trial and error thing. You don't know. it. It's, it's a search looking for treasure, right? But the society is set up in such a way that we need to keep a production line moving. I call it a production line. So when we, are, when we are born, when we are children, we, come, we have ideas, we play, you know, you see children playing on structured play. They come up with so many games and so many ideas. Okay, well, at least when, I, when we grew up, I mean, right now it's about PlayStations and virtual reality. Um, <laughs> but when we, when we were younger, we would play. I mean, during this corona lockdown, man, we, we would find things to do, even if we're in the house, you know. So society then changes us from being producers because we are supposed to be producing ideas to making us the product. We're just a product on the mass production line, right? So society teaches us, look, you need to be uniform like this guy because we need you to be like this so that you can do this output. Society focuses so much on doing, 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 doing. You got to go to school. You got to get a degree. You got to have this job. You got to have this amount of money. But really, do we hear talks about you have to be, 
you have to be yourself. You got to be someone, you know, even if we talk about bees, like you have to be a pilot, it still labels you. It still puts you down into some sort of box. That's exactly how we've been taught all of our lives. And you never hear you have to be and, and creativity is, is important. And I want to get your take on why creativity is important to, to all the listeners. That's a good question. Let's start with why it's important right now. Because the science, the handwriting is on the wall, if you want to call it that. We are in a battle with AI. We are in a battle with robotics right now. I mean, so many people are losing their jobs and becoming redundant, right? The one thing I keep telling people is that a person can never, ever become redundant. A job becomes redundant. A person can never become redundant. When we don't get that clear separation, that's why if a letter from your company that hey we're closing now especially during this corona time we it it hits us very hard because we start worrying we start panicking because we locked our identity in our job we locked our security in our job we develop or we've not taken time to develop our true identity and our true value in us so that even if i'm laid off even if the company goes into retrenchment or closes down etc i know i have value to produce I just need to figure out where I need to go to produce that value. I don't need to get into a state of panic. I just need to get into a state of thinking, a state of understanding, reading what's happening all around me. And, you know, that's what creativity does. You see, creativity helps us to be calm during uncertainty. If you take a random poll of people who are going through this whole corona issue, you find people who tend to tap into their creativity a lot are a bit more stable, a bit more relaxed during this time because they're not shocked by uncertainty. They actually, they thrive to uncertainty. After all, isn't that how the best businesses come about? I saw posts uh, the other day on social media that when we went through the global crisis in 2010, uh, 2007, 2008, you know, that's when companies such as Uber started to come about and, you know, all these different companies because the entrepreneur is someone who's innately creative. He knows how to tap into his creativity. So he doesn't get scared in the face of uncertainty, in the face of danger. He just composes himself taps in and figures out how can I maneuver myself out of this? How can I use what I got to get somewhere where I've never been before? It's so true. Like every job that I've had, I never got upset when I got laid off or fired because Mm. I wasn't identified by the job, but that makes perfect sense. And it's important that a lot of people hear that, but what, what are some of the ways that we can unlock our creativity? Let me just add back to that question. We're talking about why creativity is important. So one, I did say right now, because it's eminent, right? It's eminent because we have mass automation, you know, mass robotics coming into play, right? And we have to be very smart. We can't be expecting to get a uh, study shows that 65% of the children who are in school right now in in elementary school are not going to be doing a job that exists today. And I think this whole Corona pandemic is showing us there are going to be some new jobs, some new opportunities coming that we've never imagined before. I mean, when we went to school, when I went to school, I learned how to use a typewriter. I never imagined someone could have a job as a social media manager, you know, a website developer. What? <laughs> right. What was that? Right. <laughs> right. They didn't learn coding in school, right? So that's why creativity is important. And if you, LinkedIn issues, the, the number one in-demand soft skills. And in 2019 and in 2020, again, pre-corona, I think right now we have to say 2020 pre-corona because 2020 is like five years in one. <laughs> Yeah. So pre-2020 Corona, creativity is still the number one in-demand soft skill, regardless of your industry, regardless of your career. It's because employers need people who can not just do work, but who can think and do, right? It needs people who can problem solve, people who can come up with ideas. People are not scared to risk it. People say, hey, boss, give me, give me a budget of a million dollars to try and try out this project. It may not give you a return. This is the probability I've run my numbers. This is what I think. 
Let's try it out. That's what companies are looking for right now because right now every company, every business has to re-innovate the way they're doing business right now if they're going to survive. I mean, everyone being affected by it. That's why creativity is so critical right now. But beyond that, on a personal level, creativity is important because it gives you a revelation of your value. It helps you to understand what your true value is. I mean, boost your confidence more than being creative. You can come up with an idea, materialize it, and have it help someone, come up with a solution that can help someone, and you see someone benefiting from your idea that you came up with, of course, that you worked with others. I mean, nothing can boost your confidence more than that, man. Not not, not a certain amount of money or whatever. And that's why right now people are dissatisfied at work. They might be getting a lot of money but they're not getting that job satisfaction, you know, in quotation marks, job satisfaction. And the best job satisfaction, not just your boss saying job well done, it's you having an impact, it's you having, you know, making yourself known, showing up to the game. Yeah, those were some of the most satisfying moments I've had at, at my jobs. It's like when I will complete a project and I see that it's being useful or it's being used you know, around the office or wherever I worked at, that felt better than my paycheck, it felt better than a pat on the back. Now, earlier you had mentioned um, about the best sounds to, to get creative would be like when you're in nature hearing the sounds of birds chirping or uh, or a waterfall, right? Yeah. So do you, you know how when you, like there's certain apps or sometimes people they will listen to to sounds of nature. Is that something good to to use or play in the background when you're trying to be creative, like when you're writing a book or just working on anything that's any kind of creativity? Yeah, yeah, d- definitely. I mean, you can, of course, we have technology. If you don't live somewhere near where you can get such noise, I mean, there are apps for that. These, you know, like sleeping apps that have the whale sounds. I mean, I used to think that was a bunch of rubbish, you know, <laughs> this couple of years back. Yeah, me too. How can, <laughs> how can I be listening to whale sound to make me fall asleep? But there's a science behind it, you know, and knowledge is power. So when I started studying more about this, I was like, all right, okay, I see the point of it. But I have to issue a caution. When I help people get out of their norm, Right now, what you need if you're stuck in a norm and stuck in a routine is not the best solution. You need the right solution. So yes, sitting down, you're trying to write a book, don't just automatically jump and say, look, I need to start listening to such noise. If you have blocks in your life, even if you have the best solution, you have the best whatever, I mean, it can give you the best things to do to, you know, to become creative. But if you don't deal with the blocks that are in your life, you're not going to get the benefit or the true benefit you can get from that. For instance, you can't start putting background noise of 70 decibels of ambient noise to start awakening your creativity if you have not even gotten to the point where you can be silent for one minute or for five minutes. If you've never listened to your own breath, if you've never taken a moment to just meditate, because you see, it still takes a bit of focus. It takes a, it takes a bit of silence. I say you need to be able to center yourself. So what I do, well, I'm saying, yes, you can put the noise on to, to write and do whatever. You can't just transition into that. You know, you can't just say, hey, today I want to be creative. It's, it's not, you know, it's, it's not a mask you put on and off. You know, it's a process. You want to build yourself to that. So before you start putting on that noise, if you've not gotten to that point, you need to take the steps you need to get there. And that's why I love creativity, because it's a process. It's not a destination. It's building you. And going back to what I said earlier, that's why it's so important. It brings you a revelation of your true value. And to bring out your true value, you have to be able to shed off all the limiting beliefs that you've had, all the things that stand in your way, that imposter syndrome. I mean, I'm sure if I ask you when you work on your projects uh, at work, the satisfying projects, it didn't just happen. You took a process. You had to start believing in yourself. You had to get there before you can take on that big project. 
Yeah. I mean, everything that that I've done, whether it's at work or in life, it, it's a process. It's steps. Just like you say, you can't just start right away because you want to. You have to follow the process and trust the process. And everyone's process is different because everyone's background is different. And that's what I love about creativity. There's no one size fit all. So I can't sit you guys in the classroom and say, today we're doing this, tomorrow we're doing that. Actually, learning is even changing that way. Learning and the education systems around the world are changing to be more student-driven than teacher-led. So teachers are just supposed to facilitate learning and let students drive the direction and the pace. I mean, can you imagine you have 30 children in school, in a classroom, sorry, elementary, and the teacher says, today we're doing the ABCs, A, B, C, D. But this child has already done ABCs, you know? <laughs> and he's just sitting there, all right, okay, you're not you're not stimulating me, you're not challenging me. And then the challenge is when you finish ABCs, if there's a student who's a bit slower, who hasn't gotten the ABCs, now you're moving on to two-letter words and three-letter words. So you just, you are assuming that everyone is learning at the same pace. And that's why creativity is so, because it helps you to understand what's my pace of learning. So when I help you discover your pace of learning, I get you comfortable into it, and then I crank it up and push you out of that comfort zone. <laughs> So you could get into a scary moment. It's like a muscle. Yeah. You you don't just go into the gym and say, I'm gonna start benching what 200 pounds. <laughs> no, it's not right? gonna happen. You you first you start with an empty bar, right? Mm -hmm. Because the gym shirt will tell you it's not just about pushing the weight. You can push it, but can you push it next week consistently? You have to first learn which posture, your form, your breathing. I need to see what's the range of motion. Do you have long limbs or short limbs? Do you have a, a strong back or a weak back? Because people think benching is because the primary muscle involved is the pectoral, is the pecs. That I just need to develop my pecs. But it's so much more about that. Are you stable on a bench? How are your limbs? You know, how's your forearm strength? You know, I'm not into some technical <laughs> gym things. Yeah, going back to the when you mentioned the classroom, is that's so true? Because there's so many classrooms where I mean, is I've never seen a classroom where every student is learning at the same pace. You know, I have four kids or three that are in school and it's an issue in every single one of the classrooms that either a student is trying to catch up or a student is bored waiting for the rest of the class to catch up. So, so what, what other ways is, is creativity important or are there, or are there any other ways or. If you look at it on a macroeconomic perspective, human societies has never evolved without some sort of creative shift, right? We didn't end the internet age just by mere chance. It took some creative idea. What, what I tell people is that we're living in the reality of yesterday's dream. So the dreamers of yesterday have made mm. our reality today possible, right? And we have to dream today so that we can make the reality of tomorrow possible. Especially during this COVID thing, it's going to take dreamers to get us out of this. You know, people keep saying, I can't wait for things to go back to normal. You know, and I keep telling people, I'm sorry, man, there's no going back to normal right? There's, there's a new normal we have to create, you know, how it's going to look, we don't know. We have to start shaping it out so we can get out of this. Because if we try to fight to go back to normal, we're just going to frustrate ourselves. And it's a great opportunity for us to shift, you know, to recess what's been working, what's not been working. And this is one thing I keep telling people just to break up the norm. Stop always trying to go back to something. You know, when you go back to something you're used to, you're never going to develop some have inside of you that you never knew. So if I never started trying to public speak, try, underscore the word try, I never knew I have that ability. And like, I'm a speaker. Like, man, if you talk to my friends in school, in high school, they, they I mean, they keep saying like, you're a speaker? Like, dude, you, you couldn't even talk to girls. 
<laughs> well, yeah, it's crazy because at the beginning of the show, you were saying how you should shake. Or you get so shook up and like, oh, wow, but he's a speaker. But yeah, to go from not talking to girls to talking to a lot of people, that's crazy. Dang, Robert. I'm, I'm just talking you. to them, but, you know, moving it. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. I mean, I need to sit and celebrate it more often. <laughs> you know, that's why creativity is important. It's it's, it's critical. So the United Nations um, did their first research into the creative industries, you know, not just art and music, but gaming and, you know, just the broader spectrum of creativity. And their projections is that cre- the creative industries is going to be one of the leading um, contributors to GDP, particularly in developing countries and developed countries. They've projected that the total gross income that will come from creative industries will supersede the gross income that comes from telecoms. That's what's happening wow. right now in India. Yeah, telecoms. Can you? Everyone has a phone. But still, the creative industries has the potential to create much more income than that of telecoms. That's what's happening in India. Bollywood, oh man. Bollywood is generating millions more than the telecom industry there. Okay, well, are there ways that we can start to monetize our creative ideas now? Yeah, definitely. Just get started. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the the best tip, right? I I can tell you. I mean, majority people, and now I want to be very a bit general, general, majority of people have a lot of ideas in their head, a lot of ideas. But we just never try them. We never risk it. You ask the average person, you ask the listener right now, tell me an idea you have in your head. Well, you know, I always had this idea that if we do this, we do that. It could be a good product or it could be a good service. Whatever you have in your head, do it right now. And I I tell people during this whole Corona lockdown is the best time to launch a product. Okay, at least one that doesn't require physical, you know, physical um, interaction (laughs) with someone. (laughs) But it's the best time. You know why? People are so open to trying new stuff, they're not going to be so so hard on you. So if you try something and it doesn't work out, it's all right. You can move on. People forget it. Like you can move on very quickly. No one is going to be sitting laughing at you, pointing fingers, you know. They'll forget about it like in one new cycle because there's so much more things capturing our attention right now. So right. this is the best time to just try that idea, man. You wanted to start a podcast, just start it right now. Whatever you want to do, start it. But if you want to get to the point of monetizing, so you know it's all about the, the steps of the processes. If you want to get to the point of monetizing, you need to be very clear as to what problem you're solving and who has that problem and what solution, what unique, I want to underscore that word, what unique solution you're offering. So for instance, a speaker, great. I think there are like speakers around every corner. You know, <laughs> There's every, if you say, look, a call speakers, you get, everyone calls themselves a speaker, you know, and it's because the barriers to entry are so low. So what problem am I really solving? And how and how am I solving that problem in a unique manner that brings me, that brings my unique out of it? So let me use myself as a case study. So great, I'm a speaker, but I'm not just a speaker, I'm a transformational speaker. Okay, good, still fine. There's still a number of transformational speakers. But just as you read my bio, I help people get out, get out of their norm and move past their stock points, right? A lot of speakers are what you want to call motivational speakers. They motivate you, you know, from an extrinsic. So you get motivated from an external stimuli, but I'm trying to awaken an internal stimuli inside of you so you can make that transformation, right? Because you see, transformation means going to a deeper dimension. When I speak to my audiences, I'm trying to help them to tap into a deeper dimension. And one of the best ways I do that is by helping them to unlock their creativity. Because when you get into your creative sphere of your life, you're tapping into a 
deep inner dimension of you. You're tapping into the most inner dimensions. You're getting into your heart center. And that's the problem that I'm solving. I'm trying to help people find their way into their heart center and then just follow their heart, follow their dreams and bring it out. And that's the unique way in which I'm doing it. And hey, I'm an accountant. So I mix my accounting jargon and business whatever into my talks to help you become creative. Now you tell me, do you know anyone who mixes accounting and creativity? <laughs> no, I can't think of not one person. And I've spoken to a lot of people. I've met a lot of people over the years. I can't think of anybody that mixes creativity and accounting into one. That's interesting. You are unique. And we all are unique, man. We all are unique. <laughs> we just have to take time to figure out what's unique about me. We think uniqueness is one attribute. But let me tell you guys something. It's not about one attribute. It's a combination of attributes. And no one else has the combinations you have. No one has, no one was raised in the same place where you are, had the same experiences you have, have the same insights that you have, have the same knowledge that you have. No one else, just like no one else has your DNA, no one else has your uniqueness. But you just have to find it. You have to find what separates you. So don't say, and, and this is why I tell people, don't ever introduce me that I'm an accountant, I'm a CEO, blah, 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 blah. So just labels, man. That doesn't set me apart. You know, I want, I identify by three key pillars. One, I'm a champion of creativity. Two, I'm an ambassador of wellness. And three, I'm a pursuer of excellence. <laughs> and can I tell you something? I had not planned to use those analogies in my talk. But if you go back into this episode, you'll notice my, my analogies were around creativity, was around wellness, like getting out into nature, weightlifting. You see, I did it without even thinking about it because I realized that's my unique combination. Yeah, you did. That is what you brought up a lot was creativity and wellness. So I like that you're a champion of creativity. That is a better way to introduce you going forward. Thank you. So, um, well, blow the lid off, reclaim your stolen creativity, increase your income and let your light shine. What is the book about and why did you write it? Let me start with the second question. <laughs> why did I write it? Initially, I'll tell you this, honestly, initially I wrote it because it was a bucket list item to write a book because every, since I was 15 years old, people keep saying, man, you should write a book. You should write a book. Um, I've just had some interesting experiences in life and people are just like, you should write a book. So I thought people wanted me to write a book on my experiences, you know, but as I developed and found my uniqueness, I realized, no, I mean, the, there's a message that I, ha I have. We're all born with a message that we need to give to humanity and to the world and, and to better my messages to help people bring out their creativity. So the book is, is written to people who I call hidden creatives. Those who, James, I'm sure you have friends who are creative in quotes, you know, who have great ideas. Naturally, they just come out without any effort. And when you ask them, hey, do you consider yourself creative? They'll be the first one to swear. No way, I'm not creative. No, it's so strange that the people who have the best ideas don't consider themselves creative. Even entrepreneurs say, no, I'm not creative. So I, I wrote that book so people can blow the lid off those limitations that are stopping them. And one of the limitations is that because you didn't go to creativity school, whatever that is, um, you're not creative. You know, because you don't have a degree in creativity. Yeah, actually, there's something like that. I, I never knew that. You know, you think you're not creative. So I've written the book, especially for busy professionals, professionals who are stuck in a rut, who are trying to chase the corporate ladder, who have done everything. The book, the manual said about getting ahead in life, getting a good job, getting a good wife, you know, or husband and everything. And you're still not satisfied in life. I wrote it for people to really reveal their true value, you know, by just removing all those limitations of society, of themselves, of their friends, of whatever it is, so that they can tap into their heart center. 
can really reveal the true value. But over and above that, use it to grow the career and to have a better life. And I can tell you, I did that. Now, I also read that you're dyslexic, right? Yeah. So was it difficult to, to write it? And because that's something else that you were able to accomplish, you know, you went from not being able to be a speaker and not talking to girls, being an introvert, and now you're a speaker. Did you have any, any difficulties writing the book? Oh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> even to right now, I mean, even just simply typing a, um, an update on social media, I there are just mistakes left, right, and center. I mean, I, I'm very sure what I see is right. <laughs> when I look back at it, it's just... You know, I just can't see it. So it was very difficult writing the book. But you know what? I don't let that limit me. You know, there's something I keep telling people that nothing will ever distract me from my destiny. My destiny is to get this message out to people. And being dyslexic, is, it's, not, it's not big enough to distract me. I've not found anything in this life that can distract me or deter me from my destiny. Nothing, absolutely nothing, especially not myself. So I work around it, man. I work through it. I, I get professionals to do editing for me to see... You know, they, they always, you know, don't don't walk, walk the journey alone. So, yeah, it was a challenge, but not a big deal. I moved on from it. I mean, okay, I say that now, but of course, when you start, it's it's difficult. <laughs> I wanted to ask that because I have a cousin that is dyslexic and he thinks that, you know, he he's limited. I'm like, no, you're not. There's a lot of people that were able to do things that maybe the average person think they can't. For instance, I have this podcast and I never wanted to do one because I talk funny. And I'm like, you can't let <laughs> these quote unquote limitations stop you from doing whatever it is that you want to do. You just have to, you may have to do things differently than everybody else. You know, I do extra editing. It's okay. Uh, that's why I like what you said in the book. There are no limitations that that should stop you from doing whatever it is that you want to do to achieve your dreams. Absolutely. That's that's good to hear, man, James. I mean, don't let something like that stop you. If you have to do extra editing, as you said, then do that, you know. And what if, what if what you thought was a limitation was a uniqueness? What if that's part of your story? You know, what if what you consider a mess in your life is actually a message? You know, what if we pause for a moment and realize that whatever spin-off or whatever spin-off we've had in lives is actually just putting us in the right position where we need to be. Let me give you an example. Pele, if you watch soccer, Pele had some different ways of doing things. I mean, back then when guys were playing soccer, the, the strategies was always defense, 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 defense. Right? And he wasn't such a good passer. He could dribble a whole lot. He could keep the ball and he just didn't pass the ball a lot. He wasn't selfish, but he just couldn't pass too well. His ability of passing was well. So he decided, look, I'm going to start dribbling a lot during the game. So his coaches would get annoyed with him because teams were playing very defensive back then. And he opened up a new era for soccer where people were scoring goal, goals, like like raining it down like money, you know? And that's why we have guys of like Barcelona scoring six goals and 10 goals. And, you know, it was unheard of in Pele's time, but he opened up a new era for guys to start doing that. You know, so what may have looked like a limitation he used to his advantage and over and over and over. Michael Jordan did the same thing, man. Everyone did the same thing. The greats always do that. They always have an ability to turn what may look like a limiting factor and turn it into a, a differentiating factor. That's awesome. And all that is because of creativity. <laughs> I talk about it in the book, a lot, a lot of examples. I mean, from boards to everything. I mean, that's just, that's to show you the, the magnitude and the scale of creativity. It's not just about arts and music. It affects Everything we do in life, every single thing. A lot of times when people hear, you know, creativity, they think the arts and music or designing something. And that's why I was so happy that you were coming to the show to 
let people know that creativity or, or to be a creative is a lot more than that. And that's why I love it that everybody is born creative. Can I just say one more thing? Of course. Let me let your listener know something. And I broke both of my arms when I was in school. So I had to, when I was, I, I'm right-handed, but I broke my right arm. I had to start learning with my left. And just when I started learning to write very good with my left, I broke that left arm. I was a clumsy guy, man. Like, <laughs> I have no idea how I broke my, I broke so many limbs in my body. I mean, I felt so defeated in life. Like, would I ever amount to anything? I would have a simple fall in the hospital. Wow. You know, I'm, I've never been hospitalized for like bad stuff except just, just you know, being cast on my body. I mean, I've had so many casts on my body, so many broken bones. I mean, I've just had so many things hold me back, right? Right. But still, I decided, you know what, since my writing is not so good, let me develop my speaking. But it was a scary thing because I still couldn't speak. You know, so it's talk about being caught in a rock at a hard place, man. <laughs> but I just had this mindset. I don't know where I got it from. I had this mindset of never say die, never say die. You just got to keep going at it. So I say all that to tell you that I to date can't draw a straight line very well. Let me not say can't. Okay, I keep telling people don't say such limiting stuff on your life. Don't, don't profess such stuff. I struggle to draw a straight line with a ruler, even with a ruler. Wow. I didn't know that was even possible. Because you see, if I hold a ruler with my left hand, left arm, it's still not stable too well. Oh. Right? Then when I draw my right hand, the pencil just somehow moves from the ruler. So I, I can't I just struggle to get that straight line, man. So here it is. I'm a champion of creativity. I can't draw too well. <laughs> I can't write well. You know, I'm not a good painter, but I still champion creativity. Nothing should hold us back. And I studied accounting. Come on, man. <laughs> right? Come on, man. man. <laughs> He's an accountant, broke two arms, didn't talk to girls, an introvert, couldn't speak. <laughs> Robert, you are the and, and I'm the I'm the typical I'm the typical accountant. If you can say that, I mean quotes. I'm not trying to you know put labels on people. I was that person, man. Glasses had my pens in my pocket. You know, just yeah, whatever you know about your accountant, that that was me. And that's what I was gonna say a while back, but I don't want to be insulting to accountants. But in my head, I was thinking, you know, oh, the glasses, uh, the pins in the pocket. But Oh, yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> but I love accountants because I love money and they, they help me with money. So, <laughs> uh, Robert, you're, you're great. Um, if people wanted to, to find you or learn more about you, where can they go? All right. Yeah. So, of course, I'm on the Internet. I hope that still exists when this comes out. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> in the new world. Yeah, it should be. I don't know what they're going to call it now, but yeah. So um, you can get me on my website. Um, that's www.robertabell.com. Bell is B-L-L-E.com. Uh, you can also get me on you know ma- most of the major social media uh, platforms. So on Instagram, I'm Robert Agufana. Agufana is A-G-U-F-A-N-A. On Twitter, I'm Robert underscore Agufana. On Facebook, I am Robert A. Bell. I have all those links uh, in the show notes for this episode. Is there anything that you really wanted people to get out of this episode that we probably didn't cover? Or Let me see if I can just put one, um, just one take-home punch for everyone. Um, so the one thing I'd want people to take home from this episode is this. It doesn't matter where you find yourself in life. You can still go wherever you want to go. I think that's what I want to tell people. No matter where you find yourself, no matter if you find yourself unemployed right now, you don't have a degree, you know, you've never had anything good going for you. 
that doesn't have your story doesn't have to end that way. You can make such a dramatic change. You can transform your life, man. It just make it just takes a decision. It just takes a decision. You just have have to convince yourself and tell yourself, I can do it. Tap into your creativity, man. Just tap into it. Bring out your uniqueness and unapologetically live your life. Robert, I want to thank you so very much. And yes, I agree 100%. Do not let your story be written for you. Write your own story and live your life. You can find Robert at robertabell.com. Again, Robert, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. It's been a very good conversation. I hope the listener gets something out of it. And yeah, reach out to me, send comments, you know, put comments on the podcast. Let us know what you liked, what you didn't like. I'd really appreciate your feedback. It just helps us to get better. Yes, yes, I agree. Please leave a comment, like, and subscribe, and let Robert know what you took from the show, and let us know how you're being creative. Thanks again, Robert. Appreciate it. Thank you. Robert, I want to thank you for that great interview and for taking time to talk to me about what you have going on in creativity. And I ended up going online to buy an encyclopedia, but they were all too pricey for me now. That's crazy. For those of you listening, get all of those ideas in your head, out and do something. Take a risk. Be creative. I love that Robert does not let anything limit him from delivering his message to his audience. I can't speak for him, but for me, I was told all of my life that I talk funny. I was told this from family, friends, colleagues. They always make fun of me and they always have their little jokes. And even to this day, they still do it. But I don't let it limit me from doing this show or doing anything for that matter. I'm okay if the speech turns people off. It does not bother me one bit. Now, I say this because I don't want you to let anything, don't let any quote unquote flaw stop you from doing what you want to do. Let it be a part of what makes you unique. Let it be you. Okay, now. Go check Robert out at robertabell.com. That's bell with an E. So that's robertabell.com. You can get to the show notes for this episode at blairradio.com slash EP29. Please leave a like, comment, subscribe, and thank you all. Until next week, get your ideas out and be heard. I'm always thinking about what's next. Maybe it's the creator in me. Whatever it is, I want to help you answer that question every time you work on your website or when you're thinking about your website and you ask yourself, what's next? I created this checklist and it's free for you. It's designed to help you with creating your own simple website. It shows the tools and everything that I use with every single website that I build. Yes, I do use other things, but every website has these tools that's on this checklist and you can find it at blairradio.com slash what's next. All one word, no hyphens, no underscores or anything like that. Just visit blairradio.com slash what's next to sign up for the free checklist. And uh, let me know what you think. Let me know what you're building, what you're working on. Or you can hit me up if you get stuck and we can figure it out or try to figure out. Just let us know what's next. Blair Radio, where we turn your online whispers into screams. Learn more at theblairgroup.com. Until next time, be heard.